Another week, another team, another iPad day. Uh, you guys missed the iPad with the Dodgers. You and Aram did it. You guys didn't get the scribblings of Jack McMullen last week, but now we do the San Diego Padres, and welcome to the Just Baseball Show. Today is Tuesday, January 18th. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple. You just started Succession. The Roy family, huh? It's pretty good so far. You know, I tried Peaky Blinders. I remember the first episode, and I couldn't get into it because um, you know me. I, you gotta hook me in from the first episode, or else I got baseball to watch. Like I gotta be, yeah. I gotta be tuned up. Succession right. tuned me right up. I'm really like I'm on episode well, the problem four is, right now. I'm, I'm like, yeah. Well, the problem is uh, th- there's no baseball to watch right now, so you gotta find something to fill your time. Not if I can watch Seiyaf Suzuki highlights. Uh, or do the you like pin your mouth shut manually? Exactly. Just I'm not talking. That's the Not hottest. Talking. That's the hottest the stove has been, and I'm all for it. But it's just still kind of yeah. boring. Damn, man. So you're on. You're on Succession. I haven't watched Succession yet. I kind of started two shows at the same time. I'm about two years behind on Love Is Blind, which mm-hmm. is the one where they like communicate and get engaged without seeing each other. And I'm like, okay. I'm watching it. It's like a 50 minute episode, and like 35 minutes into episode one, we already have an engagement. <laughs> like this is moving way too quickly for me right now. It was like six days. That that sounds like a show I maybe could get into. You know, they get right to the point of the entire show, and then it's over. I guess I don't know. I am less enthused to keep going with that uh, than Euphoria, which I also just started. <laughs> I'm all in, like pushing all my chips into Euphoria right now. That's just a show that I'm probably not going to start because I don't know how it relates to my high school experiences. It doesn't. It's, it's so not that fucked close. up. It's so fucked up, dude. <laughs> like, I mean, oh my god. <laughs> I I got one episode in. I was like, what am I watching right now? And then I watched episode two, and I was like, I can't wait to watch episode three. It's ridiculous. So I, I'm gonna catch up before uh, episode three of season two comes out. I know episode two of season two just came out tonight, so. Uh, I gotta, I gotta finish season one off, which I'll hopefully do this week, and then I'll get into season two. But we're gonna talk about the San Diego Padres, who are on season one of being a legitimate contender. Like we thought, season one was last year, and then they crashed and burned. And now they have to look at themselves in the mirror because you've got some expiring contracts here. And you've got some guys that are getting older. You also have two of the best position players on planet Earth at the peak of their powers right now. And one of them is only going to keep on getting better in Fernando Tatis Jr. It's a really interesting situation that A.J. Preller has right now. And I think you and I disagree on how uh, handcuffed he is. No, I mean, I think we do but we also don't like I think maybe there are some specific moves that he could make but I don't know if we're if we're that far off but when you mentioned crash and burned 
crash and burn is certainly right. On August 11th, the Padres sat with a 67-50 and 50 record with a plus 102 run differential, just three and a half games behind the Dodgers. From there, they went 12-33, and 33, finishing with a 79-83 and 83 record, 11 games back of the wildcard spot. And they certainly have some positives. Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado. I like their starting rotation, especially because they're getting back Mike Clevenger for 2022, which I'm very excited about. But Jack, I'd like to start with the number 14. Because the number 14, and I tweeted this out on my Twitter, at PeterApple23, by the way. Good plug. Thank you. 14 was a number that you know I kind of came across. And I feel like 14 kind of describes the Padres season. They were the 14th best team in baseball. They were 14th in WRC Plus as a team at 97. They were 14th in WAR. They were 14th in ERA. They were 14th in FIP. And they were 14th in total runs scored. So how do we get them? Yes, they were. No way. Yes, they were. Why don't you check it? Why don't you check it? Holy shit. I mean, that is so mediocre. That's what I'm saying. So now how do we get them into the top 10? Because 14 is the magic number of 2021 for the San Diego Padres. Yeah, shit. And like, I I guess a lot of Padres fans would be saying health. But you look at the back end of the Padres. Yeah, they ran into some health problems here. And they didn't have some of their guys firing on all cylinders. and, And you could make the argument that Fernando Tatis Jr. wasn't healthy for the entirety of the year. And he still put up a top five MVP finish. Like, that's how good... That guy is. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I think a lot of people on the outside, and I think some frustrated Padres fans, would say a lot more went into the downfall than just health. Mm-hmm. I think uh, like personalities came to a head. There was some trouble in paradise at the end of the year, and you had uh, some dugout arguments. You had uh, some leaked stories. I mean, it's just like... It was like this thing that was too perfect to fail, and then it fails, and you see all of uh, the, the chips in the armor there as they go 12-33 and 33 over that backstretch. They trade for Adam Frazier, and it doesn't work out one bit. Mm-mm. Like, that was a disgusting deadline deal for them. <laughs> they swapped Anderson Espinosa for Jake Marisnik, thinking they get a fourth outfielder, and Jake Marisnik can't do shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there was nothing there. They picked up Jake Arrieta. They just tried to grasp at straws and nothing worked. Nothing worked. And uh, when you said, uh, you know, with the dugout arguments, Manny Machado's name comes up. And Manny Machado is a guy who's, um, he he threw his bat at Matt Chapman over at third base. Or was it, no, it was Josh Donaldson over at third base. Donaldson. Manny Machado has had problems, but it almost felt like he turned the corner a little bit on that end becoming that leader that the Padres really need. I think him calling out those teammates in the dugout was actually a good thing. It came at the right time during their season, although the win total didn't reflect that. I actually liked what Manny Machado did because in the past, you wouldn't expect Manny Machado to step up like that, and the Padres need him to. The the maturation of Manny Machado has been very fun to watch Mm -hmm. because in Baltimore, he was the supremely talented guy who came on and was on a pretty successful team. That was when Chris Davis was as good as he was going to get. And Nick Markakis, I think, was still there. Adam Jones was still there. That Orioles offense was really fun. And then Baltimore started to suck. And Machado kind of adopted this prima donna type identity. And then he went to the Dodgers and he 
totally leaned into the prima donna thing. And then he signed a massive, massive deal. And people said, okay, this guy is combustible. He, he's got the chance to just blow up and this is going to hurt. He hasn't blown up in San Diego. And you're right. I think he's taking on some of that leadership onus that kind of was non-existent. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like totally downplay what Eric Hosmer is, uh, but Hosmer doesn't back it up on the field anymore. No, There are some really serious problems here. And when I was going position by position on my uh, handy-dandy iPad here, I said, okay, like there are some positions where it's perfect, like borderline best in baseball Absolutely. in terms of depth and talent. And then you've got other positions that it's like, wow, you have eight guys here, and all eight are C minus D plus options. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's it's a team that is so star studded, and when you look at the roster on paper, you almost think to yourself, they don't really need to do anything, but but do they? Right? But do like, they? Yeah. You can stand and be complacent. Like, you actually have to make zero moves and you'll still be favored to be a postseason team. Or you could make some moves and try and make yourself a World Series contender. But if you don't do any moves, you still have an outside shot of winning the World Series. Like, it is such a layered conversation, but that's the A.J. Preller special. It's like, what's going on in your mind? You have the most top-heavy team in baseball. And you're just going to wheel and deal. Like, you're going to do shit that makes no sense to anybody, and you're probably going to miss a lot, but you're going to hit a couple of times. This team, with the addition of Mike Clevenger, might have a top five starting rotation right now. Just on paper. If we think about it, you have you Darvish, you have Blake Snell, you have Joe Musgrove, you have Mike Clevenger, Chris Paddock, and Ryan Weathers. If I just you're forgetting about you're forgetting about Denelson Lamette too. I, well, I, I was almost thinking I wanted to have that conversation with you. Do you think that okay. they're going to kind of limit his workload, maybe make him a reliever in 2022 instead of putting him in the rotation? I think Denelson Lamette should be in this rotation. I'm just they have all these guys, and he's been the guy who just continually goes down due to troubles. I'm curious what your yeah. your position is there. Yeah, so Lamette's the five if he can stay on the field, but he can't stay on the field right now. Lamette has the talent of, like, a two. Like, he's electric. Oh, my God, yeah. But he's electric. But that's but he can't stay healthy. But regardless, so, regardless, you have seven. I mean, dude, Ryan Weathers is a stud. We both think Chris Paddock is going to have a bounce-back season after an ERA in the fives, but a fit below four. This guy has good stuff. It's just about the fastball. Can he locate it enough? Can he miss bats with it? Because his off-speed really is good. It's just that fastball that's so hittable. But you may not even need Chris Paddock when you have those four horses at the front, and then you have that combination of Weathers or Lamette. Yeah, I mean, you've got Snell, Darvish, Musgrove, Clevenger. That's your postseason rotation. Phenomenal. Fill in the five. I don't care who throws once a week aside from those four guys. Because I've had my problems with you, Darvish. But if you put you, Darvish, as a four, or you put you, Darvish, anywhere you want in this rotation, because Clevenger's so good, because Musgrove is so good, and I I think the world of Blake Snell, if you, Darvish, is your four, I immediately am like, well, you, Darvish, is kind of underrated now. Yeah, I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, just looking at it, one through seven right now. Snell, Darvish, Musgrove, Clevenger, Paddock, Weathers is six. Lamette can be seven. Or you've got the wild card of all wild cards, Mackenzie Gore, right now. 
very true. And that's the conversation that is just impossible right now. Because Mackenzie Gore was the unanimous number one pitching prospect going into this year. But we saw what happened in 2021. And you especially saw what happened in 2021 to Mackenzie Gore. Yeah, so I watched Gore throw live. Um, I I called a start of Mackenzie Gore. It was a a rehab appearance, but it wasn't really a rehab appearance. He started the year in AAA El Paso. He all of a sudden doesn't throw for two months. Mm -hmm. He then resurfaces in the Arizona Complex League, the ACL, not to be confused with the ligament in the knee. (laughs) And he he makes, I want to say, three starts there. He comes up to high A Fort Wayne. He makes a start at Great Lakes against the Dodgers affiliate. And then he goes up to double-A San Antonio. That's where he ended the year. How'd he do? So Mackenzie Gore, like, he he figured some stuff out. When we saw him, Gore did not have the leg kick. He just had a, a knee lift. That was it. He, it. he eliminated some of the complexities in his delivery. And what I saw was 94 to 95 for the fastball. I saw one of the best sliders I've ever seen. One of the best change-ups I've ever seen. And then the Mackenzie Gore curveball, which is good, not great. It was really great when he was the Gatorade National Player of the Year coming out of high school in North Carolina. And then I think some hitters caught on to it, but the curveball is beautiful. It's looping. It's a lot like Liberator where, you know, I think it might be um, it, it might be deceiving with how good it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's not his best pitch. The slider and the changeup are better than the curveball. But the slider, changeup, fastball combination – is like it creates a major league pitcher. It creates a major league one or two. He just couldn't locate at points. He reminds you of Clayton Kershaw until he doesn't. Right. And he I, reminds you of Clayton Kershaw until he can't throw a strike. I think that was the problem this year. So do you think it is strictly a command thing for him? Or did you see throughout the season his stuff kind of tick down a little bit at all? Or do you think it was strictly no. just couldn't couldn't throw where he wanted to? I think it was I think it was baseball getting to him. Like I think it was um because you look mechanically like everything kind of still made sense. Mm-hmm. Like he he ditched some of the athleticism in his delivery, but I mean he he still if you watch his last outing of the 2021 season in Double A San Antonio, I mean, he looked like the most mechanically sound pitcher in minor league baseball, which is what he is. I don't know what what throws him off here. Like it could be some minute detail of his delivery that throws him off. Um, I don't. It could also be that he was the number one pitching prospect in baseball, and then he had a slight blip in the radar, and that kind of threw him off course. It's like when a sports car runs into a rock. Like you go flying for a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's just like that finely tuned a pitcher. I he is. I'm telling you, I try and I try and craft answers to pretty much everybody. Like that's what we do. I just have no answers for what happened to him. I think that's the problem. Is I don't know if really anyone does because I remember at the trade deadline, Mackenzie Gore's name was coming up in a lot of discussions, and it just seemed like teams didn't want to take the chance on Mackenzie Gore. So I'm throwing it back to you. When you're moving forward with Mackenzie Gore, what do you think? I think he's got to be the five for the San Diego Padres. I think you got to get him starts at Petco Park, mm. to be totally honest. And you have to see what you got now. Yeah. 
I don't. I don't that. think another year in minor league baseball is going to do it for him. Like, do you, I don't think he's going to go figure shit out in El Paso. What do you I think, think he's, he's got to figure it out. What do you think he's got? I think he's got major league starter. I don't know if he's ace, but I think on his best day, you're looking at him like, yeah, that was the best pitching prospect in baseball. That's frontline starter right there. I think that's what he has. I think we're going to see three innings from Mackenzie Gore on a big league mound in the first month or two of the season for the Padres, and you're going to say, oh my God, this fastball slider changeup with the curveball as a fourth pitch, this is stupid. The world is his oyster. And then I think you might see an inning where he throws 30 pitches and 10 find the strike zone. I agree with you. I just think there's no shot that they actually do it. Look at this rotation. Do you see the rotation that we just talked about? There are seven yeah, freaking the- names in there. Who's who's McKenzie Gore going to get starts instead of? Barring He's injury. better than Paddock. Okay. Is he? He's better than... I think so. I think if Gore performs to the standard we are setting for him and we have previously set for him that's the thing the standard has changed yeah this, yeah we expected gore <laughs> yeah, right yeah. we expected gore to come up six innings one run that was it and we now All-Star. it's like we expected like cy young yeah candidate. like really yeah. freaking good but i don't know but you know even this version of mackenzie gore if he's on i'm taking him before a ryan weathers that's on I'm taking him before a Chris Paddock that's on. But the thing you're is, smiling. you're still <laughs> the five. You're still the five, though. If Because I'm not taking a rookie Mackenzie Gore, even if he's on, over Snell, Darvish, Musgrove, or Clevin. But you're, I, I'm, you're taking him over Weathers at Mackenzie Gore's best, but we just haven't seen Mackenzie Gore's best. And we're already seeing a Ryan Weathers who, at times, looks unhittable. I, I, I don't see the merit for pushing Mackenzie Gore right ahead of Ryan Weathers. And if we're expecting a bounce back from Chris Paddock, I, I just think that he has to start in the minors and he's got to prove his way to make this rotation. That's where I'm at with Mackenzie Gore. God, he can't be a long reliever. Like, no he way. Put him in a big league bullpen. Him and no Drew Pomerantz just chilling together, like hanging out, be like, yo, what are you but doing thing this is, weekend? But the thing is, like, Weathers and Paddock, I think, could thrive in multi-inning relief roles for the Padres. Maybe you get Paddock just throwing as hard as he can for a couple innings and use him in that way. But then I feel like you're just kind of... Weathers, you gotta put in the rotation. The dude's a dog. He's a dog, yeah. God. But he also wasn't a dog at certain points last year. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Something to look at contractually. This is the last year of control for Musgrove and Clevenger. It's interesting. So they both hit the open market before the 2023 season. So I think that's why you have to get Gore up this year. See what you got. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you got to dump somebody. Like if if San Diego is not performing to the standard that they set for themselves in 2022, you might have to think about shipping Joe Musgrove off at the deadline. Wow. To get something in return for him. Think about it. Like, this is your window here because all of a sudden, Snell kind of sucked last year for a little bit. He bounced back beautifully. Darvish had outings where he sucked. Sucked. Your most consistent pitcher was Joe Musgrove. That's why, what, are you going to trade Musgrove? At the deadline, if you're not in contention for the NL West? That will be such a hard pill to swallow for Padres fans. Are you, like, that's what you're going to do? If we're just I'm saying, not, that is such a tough move. But AJ Preller's a guy who makes tough moves. But that just seems, that's, I, ah, that's, that's tough, okay. Jack. So it, it's really tough. Um, 
but I need you to also consider that there is almost no farm here. Like, it's the top three or four guys, and that's it. We talk about A.J. Preller as the guy that makes tough moves. He obliterated this system. Like, vaporized it. Yeah, because you got a, you got a top four of C.J. Abrams, who we both do really like. You have Luis Campusano, who is a very, very talented catching prospect, who's who's had a cup of coffee in the bigs, but it hasn't shown his true potential yet. But we both like him. And Aram, you know, the prospect guru, he really likes him too, so... We're all, we're on Luis Campusano, Robert Hassel. I don't know much about Robert Hassel. I like his. I do. I, I like him. He he seems like a major leaguer. He seems like he's going to be a talented outfielder. And then you have Mackenzie Gore. So you have a lot of question marks in there. Why do you like Robert Hassel or don't like Robert? Well, Hassel? I I saw him for yeah. twenty games. Yeah. Uh, he's really really good. Okay. The hit tool is amazing. He runs like a wide receiver, uh, and he hit three homers in a game in a high A. Like, this guy, the defense is amazing. The jump he gets on balls is crazy. And when you ask him, like, what do you need to improve on, it's defense. Mm. Um, Because the bat is just so good already. And there are some outings. Like, I think there are going to be some high-velocity guys that run it to his letters, and he cuts and misses early in his career. But I also saw him go up and meet a neck-high fastball and pump it 420 to dead center. Like He's, he's got, got supreme. He's got a lot of juice in a tiny frame that's going to fill out, and his bat-to-ball is really, really strong. The swing is beautiful. Um, yeah, so after those four, after Gore, Camposano, Abrams, Hassel, there's a massive drop-off. Massive Preller drop-off. sent them all away. Sent them all away. Guys like Joey Cantillo and Blake Hunts, uh, Xavier Edwards. I mean, Anderson Espinosa. Everybody. Espinosa is interesting. (laughs) That's an interesting guy. But Um, could be. Like, could be legit. Yeah. Could be legit. I mean, he's 98. He was 98. Like, 98. Yeah. I I do want to talk about the bullpen for a sec because this is the part of the San Diego Padres. That drives me insane because they have nine guys where it's like, that's a name. But I then agree. you realize that they're like four or five ERA guys. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I actually praised AJ Preller's work for this bullpen because they signed a couple guys just to one year, you know, not that much money, not over 10 million, just a lot of one year, 7 million uh, guys. And I actually like that way of building a bullpen. And I think, yeah, I mean, you like Emilio Pagan, you like Drew Pomerantz, you like Tim Hill, Craig Stammen. I mean, they got Lamette as do well. Do I? You're putting words in my mouth right now. <laughs> what? Who, who out of that? Who out of those names do you not really like? Because Stammen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> Craig Stammen. All right, so fine. here's what we're looking at right now. We've got Pagan, who I like but don't love, and he's your closer right now with Melanson gone. Uh, Luis Garcia, they just signed a two-year seven. I like that deal. It's a good move. I really do. Uh, Austin Adams, they hit by pitch king. This guy hit a billion people last year. Sometimes he, he hits. control shit. Sometimes he hits some guys. You know, it happens. Pomerantz, Drew Pomerantz is shelved to start the season, but he'll be back. Yeah. Uh, Craig Stammen, I don't like. Tim Hill threw 170 games in an 162-game season. Uh, Nabil Chrismat, I don't really like that much. Javi Guerra, I don't really like that much. That's like eight guys, and then you got Reese Kinnear, too, and Reggie Lawson, who could, like, throw some innings. But none of those guys get me off. 
all right, you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think it's that big of an issue. I think they have a good amount of depth, and then I think you could just throw a couple one-year deals at the slew of free agent relievers that are still available. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to run through, like, again, on the iPad. I've got, like, ten relievers. Check us out on YouTube. That I want to just... Yeah, true. Uh, I'm going to just throw like 10 relievers names out at you and you give me a simple yes or no. Are they an improvement to the bullpen? Cool? Fair. Tapera. Yes. Chafin. Yes. Rich Rod. No. Fair. You've turned on Rich Rod. Turned on Rich Rod. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God, I, I was The Braves loving, turned on Rich Rod. The Braves turned on Rich Rod. I was <laughs> loving what I was seeing with Pittsburgh. But you just didn't see that with the Braves. And this is a guy who doesn't have a ton of prior success either. So I'm like, all right, maybe that was just a flash in the pan. And I was a little bit wrong on him. So no, I would say Rich Rod is not an improvement to this bullpen. Yeah. Or really any bullpen that's a contender. <laughs> Brad Hand. No. 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 I agree, no. Joe, Joe Kelly. Yes. That's crazy Alex that Colomay. I just said that. That Joe Kelly is still... An improvement in a bullpen, and Brad Hand is not, but I believe it. Throw, Joe Kelly throws 100. I know. I mean, he does more than that, but he does throw 100. Uh, Alex Colomay, is he an improvement? Yes. Steve Ciszek? Yeah. Sort of. Jazz yeah. Rowe? Yes. Archie Bradley? He kind of sucks sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does um speaking of guys uh, Archie Bradley like the the thing that is etched into my brain is the triple that Archie Bradley yeah I mean um the the thing that I'm thinking about is you know why doesn't San Diego go and fill their reliever hole while also filling their glaring corner outfield hole with Michael Lorenzen but Lorenzen already signed with Anaheim that would have been hilarious if they went and got Lorenzen for both uh I do want to move on to the to the hitters in just a moment but like are there any guys here that I'm missing right now? Like any relievers that you would sign that I didn't mention or uh, trades for pitching? Are you kidding me? Brad Boxberger could change a franchise. True. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, but we already we already gave him to the to the Cardinals, which is an absolute perfect fit. So I'm going to say not Brad Boxberger. I love the idea of Chafin or Tapera. Um, okay. I'd say both. I'd say both on one year's. There you go. Okay. Bang. I mean, those two, those two are good relievers that add depth to this bullpen that, you know, you, you make Ryan Tapera your, your closer, and Ryan Tapera is a good reliever. Is Tapera a closer, though? No, but then do you, you play see the matchups. closing out the NLCS? No, but well, you know what I do see? I do see them playing the matchups because they have a lot of guys, and it seems like the closer role is just becoming less and less important because you'd rather just say, all right, who is our best reliever for these next three batters? You know, that's that's what the Padres might have to said, do. Kind of like platooning I like just, the Giants do or something. They, they got to play the matchups because they don't have an absolute lockdown reliever. That's why losing Melanson kind of sucks. I just had a Jimmy Neutron bla- brain blast. I, I was thinking, you know what? What about Kenley Jansen to shut it down? You know, that would be such a Padres no. move, though. <laughs> that would be hilarious if they just brought him from L.A. to San Diego. Kenley God, probably that would. That would be a joke. Ken- that wouldn't be a yeah, joke. He- it depends on the money. Because if you're like, all right, we'll give Kenley Jansen a three, four-year deal. I'm like, all right, what are we actually doing here? But if you can get him on the low, I don't hate it. Kenley Jansen's cutter was actually moving last year, 95. Are you going to get Kenley on the low, though? Nah, probably not. That's the thing. 
Like he's gonna but sign him might. a Lanson deal, right? <laughs> with the with the Diamondbacks again, just for humor. Didn't Melanson just sign like two years, nineteen? Or yeah, something? with the with the Diamondbacks, and then he's gonna get traded yeah. mid season, probably. Right, because you've got another year of control of yeah. Mark Melanson. Yeah. Um, the Padres, their payroll, they currently have $184 million committed out of 214. 214 is the luxury tax threshold. So they have $30 million of wiggle room. Fourth if they baseball. use it, yeah, God. if they use it remains to be seen. Well, I have some trades to throw at you, and then I have some free agency signings on the offensive side that we could talk about. But should we talk about pitching a little bit more? Uh, I think we're good with pitching. Let's move on to what they have now hitting-wise mm-hmm. because I've got some free agents here too. Perfect. Um, let's go Let's go catcher, infield, outfield because I think that's uh, least movement required to most movement required. Okay. Catcher, Austin Nola is going to come back from a thumb thing. Yep. Uh, good starter, like a platoon guy, I think. Yeah, I think solid. Just like a solid, just, probably like the, you know how I kind of think about Nola a little bit? If you're worse than Nola, you're a below average catcher. If you're better than Nola, you're an above average catcher. Kind of similar to shortstop. That's where I put Dansby Swanson in. If you're worse yeah. than Dansby, you're a below average shortstop. If you're above, you, you kind of like WRC+, plus, except I have an actual player to put there. Yeah, no, and that and that doesn't mean like he's a zero war guy. Oh no, like, no, you could not at all. Think he's like a one five war guy. You know, he's pretty good. Yeah. He's decent. Fine. He's I fine. Right, you're not you're not looking at the catcher position and saying like, oh, we gotta improve. That. Not at all, especially with Luis Campusano right behind him. I actually think that and Victor Caratini, and they, yeah, say it, they say got- it. They got Ori Alfaro for no freaking reason at all. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I, well, they might. They might know. play him in left. You know, he's he's versatile. What a joke! I, what, they, what, what a was joke! That? And that's why I have two uh, trades later that involve catchers. That you know, because now that they have Jorge Alfaro, but besides even Jorge Alfaro, Victor Caratini is is a viable backup catcher, and they have Nola. I think they're pretty square at catcher. Um, I think so too. So you also you're four deep at catcher right now with Nola Camposano's the catcher of the future, and then you got Alfaro and Caratini. Both Alfaro and Caratini, even though Alfaro has like an 110 percent strikeout rate, <laughs> uh, he could be a DH. With the DH coming to the NL, like four deep at catcher is not the worst thing in the world. You forget about Alfaro's speed. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about Alfaro's speed. I actually forgot about Alfaro's talent for a minute, but thank you for reminding me. Uh, I hope he infield. doesn't listen to this podcast. He's just like these guys no, are I such don't, dickheads. <laughs> I don't think he does. And and if he does, I'll I'll absolutely wear it. Jorge, we didn't forget about uh, your speed. You're like 75th in sprint <laughs> speed. I guess. I mean, that's yeah. good. It is it's good for you, man. Um. All right, let's talk about the infield because you have this massive blackhead that's just right on your right cheek at first base with Eric Hosmer. Yeah. $21 million owed to him in 2022. And then I think he's got player options for the next three years at $13 million yeah. each. That's a terrible contract. Eric Hosmer's more than a blackout on your face. He's like a cyst on your ass. I mean, he just oh. he's a thorn <laughs> in the side of the San Diego Padres. The dude just grounds out every single time. And, you know, the debate of Fernando Tatis and the errors and stuff. I mean, you turn on a Padres game, there's a lot of throws that Eric Hosmer could have dug out of that dirt that Fernando Tatis Jr. threw over there. I'm not going to blame it all on him, but it's certainly not all on Tatis. He He's not the same defender that he was. He The power is virtually gone. He's not an on-base threat. He's he's a good locker room guy, and I think that's why the Padres are keeping him in there. He seems to be kind of, 
you know, a bit of glue within that locker room. But I think there are plenty of free agent first basemen that if you could find figure out a way to trade Hosmer out of there, you can replace it with a clubhouse guy and just a much better overall player than Eric Hosmer. Yeah, and, and you're going to lose some leadership here. I mean, Eric Hosmer has won a World Series. Yes. He was one of the key members of the Royals when they won the World Series. Yes. There was a reason he got a deal north of $100 million yes. when he did. No, I um, mean, it's still, at the time, just still questionable. Like, I don't It's At the time, I still thought it was an overpay. You thought it was a good deal when that happened? I don't no, think I thought did. that was what I thought that was what he was going to command. Um, I thought, ooh, I like the, the team that bites the bullet on this yes. is like getting a raw deal here. It's and usually the like the Angels the or something, but it was the Padres. Yeah, this time. right. Like it's usually the Hamilton or Pujols yeah. type thing where it's like, you know what? Like I guess that's what you got to pay him, Screw but it. I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> right. It's the Javi Baez thing this year. Like I guess he should have made that, but I wasn't going to do it. Yes. Um, that was the Hosmer dilemma. In infield aside from first base is like the best three quarters of an infield in baseball it's with Cronenworth at second, awesome. Tatis at short, Machado at third. Yeah, I mean you got you got a top five second baseman, no doubt, and a guy who can move across the infield. He can even play first base. He played plenty of first base last year. Um, you got the best shortstop in baseball, and arguably top three, no debate about it. Top five third baseman as well. Money. Right, so like this year, I, I don't think we're shocked if we're sitting here when the All-Star starters are announced and it's Cronenworth at second, Tatis at short, Machado at third. Wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, this is one of the best infields in baseball if we subtract a Thorn at first. Yes, correct. Uh, and then you got Hassan Kim as the uh, middle infielder, the, the third middle infielder. Oh. Can't hit. I picked him as a dark horse rookie of the year candidate. And I know you did. I was like, you know what? If I had Ha Young Kim's at bats, like I could be, you know, I feel like I could do at least half as well as he did. That's a uh-huh. complete joke because I would not. Ah, if you gave me 600 plate appearances, could I get one hit? I bet I'd luck into one. But yes. But yes. I, I bet I could Absolutely. get one or maybe two. Well, probably cap. You uh, seen... I'd set the over under at one and a half. I, Listen, I don't know. when I run into Jake Arietta pitching for Oakland later this year, I'm hitting a double. <laughs> he does look like a meds league pitcher. <laughs> a little bit, but, just a little bit. But going back to the serious conversation about Hasyong Kim, I, are you just going to keep giving him at-bats? What's your other option? Go get somebody? Tony Kemp. No, you can... <laughs> <laughs> You're no, right. Yeah. No, Hasyong Kim, yeah. I mean, you just got to roll with him. I, you know, he's a, he's a fourth infielder, you know, and yeah, you got to sign somebody, to help him out on the bench. Cause you also okay. have you also have Profar who plays a lot of outfield, but I mean I would just try and give Profar as many at bats as possible over Hasyong Kim. But Profar's not good anymore. We <laughs> know this. I'm trying here. What do you want from me? I he's not I he's know not you're terrible. Trying. I know you're trying. Here's the thing. Like, here's where San Diego has not tried recently, and they have to try once this lockout ends. The outfield right now, you got Trent Grisham in center, and then they got to figure this shit out because as of right now, if you were putting if you were putting together an opening day lineup for the San Diego Padres, it would probably feature Jerickson Profar in left field and Will Myers in right field. Yeah, Will Myers is making like twenty million doing freaking nothing, and Profar isn't doing anything anymore. You know who the Padres should go get? 
Jed Lowry. <laughs> you laugh. I hear you. Jed Lowry. I hear you. Do you know how many bets Jed Lowry won when going with the A's? This dude is clutch as shit. Seven? Yeah, he's 38. But he's still a good player. I, I'd, I'd throw a little contract at Jed Lowry. Interesting. Who else are you looking at in the infield? Because they wouldn't hurt from signing like a middle infielder or a third baseman. You might. Can I throw Adrianza out there again? <laughs> you might. You might laugh. I mean, you should laugh, but you shouldn't. Ronald Torres is a guy who's a free agent currently, and he adds a lot of versatility in the infield. He's a spark plug. He's fun. He's just a better version of Haseon Kim. I would consider Ronald Torres, and I would consider Jed Lowry as guys who can play all over the infield and provide a little bit of a burst. I I don't hate it whatsoever. Um, my eyes immediately went to the corner outfield spots. Oh well, yeah. If right, if you're gonna try and fill it by free agency, I'll start small and get bigger. Yes. Okay. Fair. Because I was gonna then, say I think in the infield yeah. you can sign some depth. In the outfield is where you go big, and I have two names at the top you need of my starters. Head. Yeah, exactly. So go ahead. So the, the two small guys that I want to throw out there that can be fourth outfielders slash one of them can maybe fill in in the infield every now and again. Tim LaCastro just got non-tendered by Boston. That's some serious speed. I know he's got some problems, but like, I would take a flyer on Tim LaCastro. I guess. Auburn, New York native, <laughs> Tim LaCastro. Yeah. Fastest guy in baseball. Trey Turner's the fastest guy in baseball, but Ted, Ted Castro is probably two. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. or Buxton when he gets on a freaking heater. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I guess for some depth. Yeah. You, so like, because they I have was speed. Pissed. I mean, they have like the way better version of Tim LaCastro sitting in the minor leagues. His name is C.J. Abrams. I mean, it's right. it's just embarrassing right. to even compare them because C.J. Abrams is probably going to be a multiple time All Star. But I'm I'm saying that if you just need the speed. Because he doesn't really do anything besides that. Besides get hit by pitches. He set a record for hit by pitches. So, you know, on, on base machine. Boom. But yeah. that's, I'm just like, you got speed. I mean, you got speed. I don't yeah. know. I, and I think they like blew the rest of Major League Baseball out of the water in the stolen base department. Yeah. Um, and they also let Jorge Mateo walk, who's one of the fastest guys in baseball. True. Uh, that would be a guy that might fill in, like around the infield and in the corner outfield spots. Like I, I think they're kind of kicking themselves that they don't have Mateo right now. But he's not going to win you a World Series. Uh, Billy McKinney, another like very small name that I would think about, but like I don't really want that. Uh, let's get bigger now. Eddie Rosario, I think, is a guy that can be the left fielder for the San Diego Padres. Don't hate that. Don't hate that. I just knowing the Padres just. This, this has no statistical basis behind it. It's just like my feeling of how baseball sometimes works. Don't you kind of feel if the San Diego Padres sign Eddie Rosario to a multi-year deal, Eddie Rosario will go ahead and suck? Yes. So that's it has, and it has no actual reasoning behind it. It's just me watching baseball for so long and just seeing sometimes how these contracts end up. That's where I'm at there. No, it's fair, but like if you saw that the Padres signed Eddie Rosario to two years, twelve million dollars. Oh well, yeah. I mean, but I don't think they're gonna. That's not the contract that Eddie Rosario is gonna get. I was thinking like really two years, twelve. That's so cheap. What do you think he's gonna get? Andrew Heaney just got eight and a half million. 
So what's Rosario going to get? Two years, 20? I was thinking two years, like, yeah. Like two years, 20, maybe even two years, 22, something like that. Okay, so two two years for 20, you still think Rosario's just going to, like, drastically underperform that contract? Only with the Padres. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, that if he signs out with make, Cleveland, just, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's like he's going to be great or something. Right. Or if he went to, yeah, if he went to another, I just, that, the, the old veterans who are just coming off a really good 2021, like some sort of campaign, whether it be the playoffs or the regular season, then going to the Padres for a big multi-year deal feels like a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, I, I hear you. All right, another name. Go big. Michael Conforto. Love that. I mean, I love that signing. I think Michael Conforto is going to have a huge year. And I think going, you know, from New York to California, big reset. I like that. I actually like Michael Conforto for your White Sox a little bit more. Um, but I, I do. I like Michael Conforto to the Padres. I just really like Michael Conforto in 2022. I think the swing plays. I think he's going to have a big bounce back year. I mean, this is a guy who was one of the best college hitters in recent memory. I mean, he was phenomenal in college. And in the major leagues, he's he's been great too, but just a bad 2021. But then again, that whole Mets team on offense all had down years. I don't think that's some sort of coincidence. I think... Some of those players leaving will be good, and Michael Conforto is at the top of that list. Yeah. Throw me your stuff. So, I mean, I think the Padres are in a situation where they should make a leap at Seiya Suzuki. I think Seiya Suzuki could be the player to put them over the top if he is that electric guy that I think that we're expecting that he will be. Seiya Suzuki is a guy coming over. I don't think that he's going to command a ton of money. And you said with the payroll, I think Nick Castellanos might be a little bit out of their price range when we're talking where their payroll sits. And Seiya Suzuki feels like that perfect, that perfect player that makes sense with the money and could be that X factor that puts them over the top. Okay, so we said that they have $30 million of wiggle room right now. Their total payroll in 2022 at the moment is 184. The luxury tax threshold is 214. Mm -hmm. So that gives you 30 million bucks. I don't think Castellanos is making 30 annually. I think he's making 20 annually. I agree. This is why. I think Seiya Suzuki, if you, I think, and this is kind of reports, like if, if, if we're looking at a four-year, maybe $48 million deal, so you give him 12, you give Lowry, you know, a couple million. You give Ronald Torres a couple million. You give a couple of these closers, not closers, but like Ryan Tapera, Andrew Chafin, those relievers, yeah. you know, seven to 10 million. Then that all works out and you could actually do all of those. And I have a couple trades that if they're to send away Eric Hosmer, not pay him some of that money anymore, you have some room to work with. And Seiya Suzuki, although at least from watching and looking at his stats, he doesn't seem like an incredible defender. He seems like a better defender than Nick Castellanos. Um, and I think you could use some defense out there in that outfield. You could use some defense. Castellanos would be a liability. Um, I like Suzuki. I do. And it keeps him on the West Coast. We mm -hmm. know that 
uh, you know, when the guys come over from Nippon Professional Baseball, they actually prefer to stay on the West Coast. Yep. Um, kind of the outlier was Masahiro Tanaka when he came over. Mm-hmm. He went to New York. Uh, but that is another coastal place. Like, you, Darvish is the only guy that's been to the middle. Darvish exactly. and Kohei Arihara. So, usually you see, like, Otani wanted to be on the West Coast. He was down to Anaheim and Seattle, mm-hmm. I want to say, were his final two. Obviously, Ichiro, when he came over, it was Seattle. Um, I think San Diego would be a good fit for Suzuki. I do like the fit in the corner outfield. I do. And I think that you could play the addition game instead of give and take. Because with Castellanos, if you sign him for 20 annually, that pumps you up against the luxury tax. So you got to be okay with not making any moves in the bullpen. Yeah. And with Suzuki, yeah. you're right. Like you can build up. And I don't, I could see Seiya Suzuki having a very good offensive season because Nick Castellanos, you know, he really was great in 2021, but he played a great American ballpark, which is really easy to hit at and now he goes to Peco, which is not you know and now he's facing t- tougher pitching competition in the NL West you know but you do agree that Seiya Suzuki is an exponentially higher risk reward Absolutely. outcome than Castellanos I agree I do agree but for the money I think it's worth it and I think the Padres yeah. are at this point now where they got to go big or go home and I don't think that you go extra big on Nick Castellanos. I think your version of going big or go home is getting Seiya Suzuki, getting a couple bullpen guys, getting some dem- depth bench bats, and making a, tr- a one of the two trades that I have recommended for them. Start with trade number one. Trade number one is getting Eric Hosmer the hell out of there. I think the Red Sox could possibly be a team that would be willing to take on Eric Hosmer at $13 million. Maybe not all of it. There obviously have to be some some work around when it comes to the money. But these are the players I have involved in a deal for Eric Hosmer over to the Red Sox. The Red Sox, remember, no Christian Vasquez is still a decent catcher, but he's getting up there in age a little bit. You can get your catcher of the future, Luis Campusano. Package him, and so you'd get Eric Hosmer and Luis Campusano but the Padres would then get Jeter Downs. Now, is that a little bit of a L for the Padres, considering you're giving up, in my opinion, I think Luis Campisano is a better overall prospect than Jeter Downs? Yes, but Jeter Downs actually makes a ton of sense on this Padres roster. He's going to be MLB ready, I think, in 2021. Uh, would you agree? Yes, uh, 2022. 20, excuse me, 2022. Yeah. Jeter Downs is a guy who can play a little bit of shortstop. He can play a little bit of second base. I bet you can move him around to third base if need, and I bet he can play a corner outfield spot. He seems like he has a little bit of versatility. I like the bat. He makes sense within this Padres team. You're giving up on Luis Campisano. Not really giving up. You're you're cashing in kind of. You're getting rid of Eric Hosmer. But the Padres do have this overflow of catchers at the moment. It does kind of make sense for me to get Eric Hosmer out of there so then you lose a lot of that money, and then you go in and bring in Anthony Rizzo, which is just the better version of Eric Hosmer and would still give you that locker room presence that you need. So you put Anthony Rizzo at first, you trade away, because Rizzo's not going to be crazy expensive. I don't think he's going to be that much more than what you'd be paying Eric Hosmer right now, you know, on on an annual basis. That's, That's the first trade I have. And he's already a massive upgrade to Rizzo over Hosmer. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, you you threw me these two trades, and you know what what my main takeaway was 
is that the Padres have to take the loss in the trade. They have to lose the trade in order to get Hosmer's salary off the payroll. Yeah. So this, we are really just playing like, how big are you losing the trade right now? Yeah. Like, how badly are you screwing up? Um, and I think in the Padres' dilemma, uh, with their window actually being a lot tighter than I think people are uh, acknowledging, with Musgrove and Clevenger coming off the books after this year, and then I think Darvish shortly thereafter. Um, I don't really see a world where Camposano is a better option than the platoon of Nola and Caratini. Really? Yet. Maybe. Two years down the road? Uh, yes. Yeah. But, like, rookie Luis Camposano, I don't think he's that much of an upgrade over Nola and Caratini. Agreed. I don't. I think he's somewhat expendable. Yes, as opposed to the other three guys, Gore, Hassel, Abrams, I think Camposano is actually the most expendable just because of what you have at the catching position right now. Um, now, are they kicking themselves because they've let good catching prospects walk recently? Oh, yeah. Two to Tampa? Yeah. Francisco Mejia went to Tampa, and then Blake Hunt also went to Tampa. But in their like, defense, no one could really solve Francisco Mejia except the Tampa Bay Rays. Right, right. So there's that thing. Also, like, Mejia is is the unsung, like, gem of the Tampa Bay Rays right now. Yeah, like, I is. feel like we're going to be talking about Mejia in 2022, 2023. It's like, wow. Like, they fleeced them for this guy. Um, so. Yeah, I I like it. Here's the next one. All right, this one's, yeah. this one's a little tougher to swallow for if you're a Padres fan, but hear me out. C.J. Abrams, the Padres' best prospect. And Eric Hosmer right. are heading to Atlanta. And the Padres get back Drew Waters, the Braves' current second-best outfield prospect after Christian Pache. You could make the argument that maybe you'd rather have Drew Waters than Christian Pache. That's a very hot take if you're a Braves fan listening to this. But, you know, I'm not the biggest Christian Pache fan. I don't really know how his hitting is going to translate. But I do like Drew Waters. And if we're talking about the Padres needing outfielders, Drew Waters is a guy who is MLB ready now, and you could probably put in a corner outfield opening day, and I think he'd be a pretty solid player. Um, you know, you're giving up on C.J. Abrams, and the Braves would be doing this only in the scenario that they don't sign Freddie Freeman. You know, they would need a first baseman. You get the, I, I, I say lottery ticket as if it's a bad thing. I'm calling C.J. Abrams a lottery ticket. He's going. I think he's going to be phenomenal, and I'm saying you get the idea of, wow, this could be the starting shortstop moving forward if you're ready to move on from Dansby Swanson, and then you know you pay Eric Cosmer a little bit. That's okay. the way it is. So, so here's why I'm not doing that if I'm AJ Preller, and we know in the AJ regime, like nobody's untouchable. Like <laughs> he can do thing. whatever the hell he wants because he's AJ Preller. <clears throat> he's the J.R. Smith of baseball. Um, I look at these prospects and Mackenzie Gore right now. Mackenzie Gore at the beginning of the 2020 season, like if you looked at him and said, what's your ceiling? It's multiple Cy Youngs. Um, now I look at it like what's Mackenzie Gore's ceiling? All-star starter. I look at Robert Hassel. What's Hassel's ceiling? All-star center fielder. And then I look at C.J. Abrams and I say, okay, what's your ceiling? Trey Turner. Multiple MVPs. Yeah. I can't move that guy. Yeah. Like I, that would be a dagger to the heart. If I moved that guy and he ended up being Tatis. Do you think Drew Waters? If he ended up being. Do you think Drew Waters could be an all-star? 
Uh, fringe. Fringe. Like, I think you're getting a, a high-floor, good prospect outfielder from Atlanta in that deal, and you're shedding the contract that you need to shed. I just couldn't sleep at night knowing that I gave up a guy that can win multiple MVPs. You're not wrong. Just something to throw out there. You know, I, I like the first trade better. I also think it just makes sense for the Red Sox. I mean, the Red Sox do need a first baseman. The the other one I was just kind of thinking, you know, I'm just just still thinking about the fact that if the Braves don't re-sign Freddie Freeman, I mean, what are they doing? But then they, what are I, they doing? I guess they could be interested in this possible trade. I agree. You probably need more than Drew Waters. Um, I guess that just goes to show what I think about Eric Hosmer. <laughs> yeah, no, I he is just he's like damaged goods right now. He's an anvil. If you want to make a trade, like he is impossible to shed unless you drastically lose a trade. And I think that AJ Preller is content losing Camposano uh for a third middle infielder. I think Jeter Downs is immediately getting more plate appearances than Hassan Kim. Immediately. Uh but I just I don't know. Like, I just couldn't sleep at night knowing that I let C.J. Abrams walk away in a salary dump trade. I think it's fair. So we're not going to do that one. So. We're not going to do that one. But this is We're not going to do it. But this is the team now. We had discussion. We had discussion. This is the Use team quality. now. So, should we recap what we just did? <laughs> yeah. Let's recap what we just did. So in the starting rotation, we're not really touching it. Not. But you're giving Mackenzie Gore ample opportunities like for example april or march 31st or april 1st is opening day like april 5th the fifth spot comes up in the rotation is that Mackenzie gore's turn no i think uh three rotations through i think third time you go through the rotation i think first time it should be paddock if healthy the second time it should be weathers and i think third time it should be Mackenzie gore <laughs> we just start having tryouts mid-season yeah just see which one sticks just based it's on what spring start. training's for, but we're not going to get fucking spring training. Can you imagine? Can you imagine an ultimatum? You all get one start. Whoever has the best start is the fifth starter. Yes, <laughs> it's the Hunger Games. That's how I would manage. Sick. All right, the bullpen. Let's just give Ryan Tapera, you know, eight million. Why not? Yeah, perfect. All right, are you getting any? But any other of these relievers? Maybe. Let's say Chaz Rowe. Chaz Rowe. All right, we're adding Chaz Rowe and we're adding Ryan Tapera to this bullpen. That's a pretty solid bullpen, I think, after that. It's fine. Pretty good. It's not, like, near best in baseball, but it's not terrible. It's better than 14, the magic number. Yeah, it's, like, it's nine. It's nine. We're putting them in the top ten. And then the offense. I think that they should sign Seiya Suzuki. You put him in the outfield. You trade Luis Campusano and Eric Hosmer. You get Jeter Downs, and then you sign Anthony Rizzo. Or you don't sign Anthony Rizzo at all. You start Jeter Downs in second base, and you put Jake Cronenworth at first base. And your infield is Kron, Downs, Tatis, Machado, Nola. Then you have Seiya, Trent Grisham. Will Myers. I was just thinking. You're probably going to eat one of those. You're just going to eat. Will Myers is just going to be a San Diego Padre this year, and that's okay. He wasn't terrible. He's not a whole... Like Eric Hosmer is. He's he's fine. He's right. good. He's a good seven right. hitter. Six hitter. Correct. Eh. Yeah. He's an average six hitter. He's a... He's a... He's an average... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to see where you were going to go with that. I, I tried. I was just going to refute. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. I think uh, if you don't get Suzuki, I think go make a run at Conforto. I agree. I think that this is a good team. I do. 
will if they come out with a 94 and a half win projection like last year will I still bet the under yeah probably yes but absolutely. could I see 91 wins 92 wins from the roster that we just developed in a wild card berth and I mean could the question is are they going to be better than the Giants this year uh I think on paper yes once we talk again in September the answer is no because that's what the Giants do Shit. Now I ask you this question. If they make zero changes, if there is no notable transaction made by the San Diego Padres, are they a playoff team this year? I think they're one of With the hardest. Clevenger har- back. I think they're one of the hardest rosters to evaluate because on paper, I, I mean, you'd be stupid to say no, but they have so many question marks. Like, what are you going to get from you, Darvish, this year? What are you going to get from Blake Snell this year? What are you going to get from Mike Clevenger this year? What are you going to get from a lot of guys. I hope Nola stays healthy all year. There's there's a lot of what-ifs, but if the what-ifs become what we think could happen, this team could win the World Series. I think there are three guys that aren't question marks. We know what we're going to get from them this year. And they're all in the infield. Tatis, Machado, Cronenworth. Yep. That's it. I'm excited for the Padres, though, moving forward. I am. Go yeah, ahead. me too. They, to be honest, like their future is now. Like, enjoy it while it happens right now. Enjoy the fanfare right now, Padres fans, because like your farm is non-existent. We also AJ Preller did that to you. We have a very special announcement as well. Yeah, rip it. Nestor Cortez will be interviewed on the Just Baseball Show, and that will be coming out on Wednesday's show. We're very excited to bring you the conversation with possibly the greatest pitcher of our generation, Nestor Cortez, at least one of the most exciting, the mustache. I cannot wait to talk to Nestor. Yeah, that's that's uh, that was Aram's guy being the South Florida thing, and then he just so happens to pitch for your squad. Uh, so I think you guys are both going to geek out. Aram for different reasons, and then you obviously because he has turned into, uh, I, I mean, like, He's a good. Cult hero, I guess. He's good. What's his like, thing? Besides being the cult hero, he's actually going to be in the rotation, and he's going to be solid in the rotation. He proved that he reminds me a lot of Johnny Cueto. That's a very similar vibe. I know yeah. it's similar in the sense of the leg kick and the um, you know mixing up, um, you know mixing up the way he he throws the baseball, but. No, stuff alone, too. He just gets outs, and he's exciting to watch every fifth day. He is. He's really fun. He's like if uh, Johnny Cueto met Bartolo Colon. In a way. Yeah, that's the kind of vibe. Both good pitchers. Yeah, I'm really excited to listen to you and Aram talk to Nestor Cortez. That's going to be awesome. Uh, And we are going to rehash a little bit later this week with Javier Reyes, the uh, resident meme expert at Just Baseball, because he is also the host of Locked On Padres. So, we're going to talk about what, what he's seeing in the inside circles. We're going to run Jeter Downs by him. We're going to run uh, – should we run Drew Waters by him? I don't know. That was uh, more but just I'm, like, I'm, I like Drew Waters. I like <clears> – you know, that was kind of out of left field a little bit. More me thinking about Freddie. Uh, no, but we're, we're also going to run Suzuki and, and Conforto by him too, and, and we'll talk about that. But Nestor, the star of the show, tomorrow. Pete? Thank you, everybody. Thank you.